Hey everybody, welcome to the Quest for Life podcast. I'm Dr. Ed Slover, and I'm fiercely passionate about living a disciplined life so I can avoid living with the pain of regret. For those of you living in a part of the country or world affected by daylight saving time, congrats on getting an extra hour of sleep. I happen to live in Arizona, and we're not affected by daylight saving time, so I, I guess I'll just stay tired. In today's episode, I'll be discussing our inner dialogue, also known as our internal dialogue or our inner voice. Our inner voice is a result of certain brain mechanisms that cause us to hear ourselves talk in our heads without actually speaking or forming sounds. It's a type of intrapersonal communication. Intra means within, and typically whenever we think about communication, we think interpersonal communication, which means between uh, two or more people. So our inner voice is a type of intrapersonal communication whereby a person communicates with themselves as both the sender and receiver of messages. And this encompasses the use of unspoken words to consciously engage in self-talk. Such self-talk can be positive, uplifting, and supportive. And we all know it can be negative and self-defeating. On one hand, self-talk can calm fears and enhance confidence. On the other, it can lead to assertions such as, I'm a complete failure, or I just can't do anything right. So another way of thinking about this is within the context of our conversation we have with ourselves, is that if the conversation is the relationship, what type of relationship do we have with ourselves? And I've spoken uh, about this in different podcasts with regard to relationships we have with other people. And if conversations make up the foundations uh, of relationships we have with other people, then by extension, the conversations we have with ourselves serve as the foundation of the relationship we have with ourselves. Let's begin by exploring the dangers of negative self-talk and then examine ways we can use self-talk to our advantage. The problem with negative self-talk is that in most cases it doesn't accurately reflect reality. It can convince people, however wrongly, that they can never improve above and beyond the belief that they're just not good enough. This inner dialogue may be incessant and hypercritical, which can lead to even more dysfunctional and destructive self-talk. In effect, this can form a negative feedback loop, which can lead people to feeling overwhelmed by negativity. And taken further, people often perpetuate this pattern of thought that invariably leads to painful rumination. And because we don't like this about ourselves, we continually attack ourselves and we do it ceaselessly. And this can paralyze uh, us or anyone else into self-absorption and inaction. There are people, however, that believe negative self-talk tampers down one's ego in a manner that allows them to prepare for disappointment and failure. Now, really engaged with this idea, um, with what I'm going to say next, because people engaging in negative self-talk feel they deserve disappointment and failure. And rather than working to silence the negative self-talk, they justify the self-criticism by pointing to the disappointments and failures as proof that they were right all along. You can see how this becomes a negative feedback loop, almost a self-defeating feedback loop. I went through this in my early 20s. I had a couple of years left in college. 
was working really hard, the equivalent of full-time hours. And I spent, I spent evenings in front of my bathroom mirror telling myself that I wasn't good enough because I was wondering when all of this hard work was going to pay off. And upon reflection, I can see how damaging this was to my psyche in those moments. Because then I, I ended up pointing to various disappointments and failures, most notably the fact that whatever contributions I was making wasn't being recognized by other people. I ended up pointing to those things as proof of my worthlessness or my not you know, deserving good things in life. And it took a number of years to really work my way out of that. So as that, as using that as an example, negative self-talk is ultimately quite toxic. It can lead to an inhibited ability to see opportunities in addition to be able to capitalizing on those opportunities. And it limits our thinking, which is to say that the more someone tells themselves they can't do something, the more they believe they can't do that something. This idea isn't that dissimilar to the role of a parent or adult that frequently tells children that they'll never amount to anything or that they'll never live up to their potential or even that they're just simply no good. This idea relates to what's called the salience principle or salience bias. Salience describes the prominent or emotional resonance of something. In lay terms, we tend to give attention to the things that are most prominent, to those things that are kind of in our face. And I mean, it's a tool marketers use, and then they've used it for years because they figured out long ago that the frequency of a message is every bit, if not more important than the perfectness of the message. Think about it this way. Propaganda is a good example of this. The more a person hears or see a, sees a message, the more likely they'll believe it. And the more likely, over a period of time, the more likely they'll believe it, the more frequently they hear or see it, which takes people down a road ultimately of confirmation bias. When, and, and that's when people fail to ad adopt anything that's inconsistent with their prevailing belief system. Now, I'm not going to go down the road of confirmation bias any further, but it illustrates how the frequency and constancy of negative self-talk can lead to a person buying into their own, quote, marketing message, their own, quote, propaganda. In addition to all of that, negative self-talk can exacerbate feelings of depression. And if left unchecked, this can be extraordinarily damaging can also lead to relationship challenges as it can make a person come across as needy and insecure or the person engaging in negative self-talk may either turn that inner dialogue into negative habits which may frustrate other people or the person engaging in negative self-talk may project their negativity onto other people which is at minimum off-putting. Further still, and probably the most obvious drawback of negative self-talk is that it's not positive. And while this may seem overly simplistic, research shows that positive self-talk is positively correlated with success. It's positively correlated with happiness. It's positively correlated with living a more fulfilled life. This serves as a nice segue 
to to the discussion of minimizing negative self-talk and using self-talk to our advantage. One approach to minimizing negative self-talk is to catch yourself while you're doing it and ask yourself, would I be this critical of the person I love the most? Make no mistake, this is extraordinarily difficult to do in the moment. You have to have a high degree of self-awareness to catch yourself in the moment and stop and ask yourself, would I be this critical of the person I love the most? And if you wouldn't, why is it okay to be so self-critical? In short, it's not. And we all intuitively know this. The challenge is being mindful enough moment to moment and with the recognition that, hey, look, I'm going down this road of negative self-talk. I know this won't really lead to anything favorable for me. It's really just going to confirm my bias of how much I don't deserve whatever it is that I've, you know, I'm accomplishing in life. And it's ultimately self-defeating. It's really difficult to catch ourselves in the moment. But if we can, if we can learn to just pay enough attention, the goal isn't to have it be like a light switch where all of a sudden you're aware of it and you conquer it in that moment. It's like, can I be a little bit better in this conversation I'm having with myself and do that, you know, today, tomorrow, the next day, just get a little bit better each and, and every day as it relates to paying attention to this negative self-talk. Another approach is to talk to yourself um, about the, the role of thoughts and feelings. While, they're, while thoughts and feelings are very real to us moment to moment, they aren't necessarily aligned with reality. Thoughts and feelings are subjective and they're, they're, sub, they're subject to our own biases and moods and those are skewed. Ultimately, we have, a, we, we have a bit of a skewed perception of reality, at least what objective reality is. But in the moment, they feel extraordinarily real to us and we have to pay attention that we have to pay attention to whether or not those thoughts and feelings are actually consistent with with what is being represented in objective reality. This is also another extraordinarily difficult thing to do. Another approach is to train ourselves toward neutrality. For example, instead of saying, I can't stand this, or I'm not good at this, change it to, this is challenging. Instead of saying, I hate this or that, say, I don't prefer this or that, or I don't, I don't really like this or that. And while these suggestions may sound somewhat silly and, and you know, maybe you don't think they'll move the needle in any, in any meaningful way, using more gentle language helps us uh, mute the negativity. It's probably the best way to say that. Changing the, the language and, and making it more gentle helps us mute the negativity. A quick digression. I hate beats. There's no amount of gentle language that I can adopt or I can't even think about that is going to uh, change my disdain for beats. So anytime there's a conversation about beats, rest assured that I'm going to engage in negative self-talk on that particular topic. Now, obviously, I'm, I, I'm speaking in jest on that. 
But something like that, however, however inane and devoid of anything, um, anything meaningful, actually illustrates uh, the the point of how damaging negative self talk can be because it can it can be even the most inconsequential things up to those things that actually can change the direction and trajectory of our individual lives. So we need to mute the negativity and figure out ways to do that. So using self-talk to our advantage, I'm a big proponent that we need to stop negative momentum before shifting towards positive. Because when we think about shifting towards something positive, whether it's changing our fitness routine, modifying our diet, uh, working more you know, to try to get the next promotion, going back to school. I mean, all of those are really, really good things. But those are in addition to what we're already doing. And we have this fixed time pie. And we're trying to wedge these new things into it, into space that's already filled with negative. What if we're able to stop and or just slow down the negative momentum because minimizing or removing negative self-talk is really addition by subtraction. Said differently, there's an inverse relationship between the negative and the positive, and by minimizing or eliminating the negative self-talk, our lives are fundamentally more positive just because, let me say that again, there's an inverse relationship that that takes place here, where it, the more I'm able to minimize the negative self-talk, the more positive my life is just because I've minimized the negative self-talk. Now, what I'm not saying is that our lives are overwhelmingly positive. They, our lives might be more neutral than, than positive, but neutrality is, is just by definition more positive than negativity. So I hope you've tracked on that one. And there's, there's also different strategies we can employ and with the goal to be more optimistic or to have a more optimistic outlook. For example, one strategy is to surround ourselves with, with more positive people. And that seems self-evident, uh, but that's really, really strategy number one. And whether we're even aware of it, we absorb the outlook and emotions of other people. And that's actually a really cool thing because the, the attitudes and outlooks and emotions of other people are uh, are ultimately contagious. When, when we surround ourselves with people that lift us up rather than tear us down, or we're willing to move beyond those people that will commiserate with us, we, we ultimately start to feel better about ourselves and our, our emotions start to shift and our attitudes sh- start to shift in kind. Yet another strategy is to give ourselves positive affirmations. I mean, seeing something inspiring, uh, whether it's images or reading positive words, can be quite uplifting. I've never been, at least in my adult life, I've never been an, that affirmation person, uh, really up until about a year ago, where I authored a positive affirmation that I tell myself every day. And it goes like this. I am light, I am love, and I am loyal. I'm gratefully abundant and abundantly grateful. I'm thoughtful and creative. My work is God's work, and I'm one with the cause. Thank you, Lord, for everything. I have no complaints. And however silly or corny others may perceive that to be or whatever your affirmation to be, 
I don't care. And you shouldn't care about it either because saying this out loud every day grounds people in appreciation and gratitude. I know it does for me. It grounds me every day in appreciation and gratitude. And I try to say that affirmation out in nature so I can find the awe in the world. There's, a, there's plenty of ugly that is in our face all the time, bringing it back to the salience principle. And I just wanna, I just wanna pierce through the ugly from time to time. And I'm able to do that with that positive affirmation. And I encourage you to consider that. And after all, if you, if you know me, or if you've known me for any time, you'll know that I'm generally a pessimistic person. And this daily affirmation allows me not to get trapped in the labyrinth of my mind, especially when things don't go my way, especially during those moments where I'm feeling sorry for myself. Another, another approach you might take is listen to motivational speakers. There's plenty of stuff on YouTube that can absolutely shift how you approach your day, day in and day out, even if it's just for 5 or 10 or 15 minutes every day. Another approach is to, is, is to find the humanness in situations. Most people take themselves way too seriously. So maybe finding something that you can laugh at to help break through and re relieve the stress and tension. Heck, even seeking out funny animal videos or maybe watching a comedian can shift your focus away from a negative outlook to a positive one. I don't know why, but I, I, I get such a kick out of watching people fall down or they, when you're jumping off of a snow-covered roof into a snowbank and they inadvertently land in a garbage can. I mean, I don't, I don't know why I find that stuff incredibly funny. So seeking that type of stuff out can shift our focus, at least momentarily, from a negative outlook to a positive one. It should be noted that if you find yourself unsuccessful with shifting from negative self-talk to positive self-talk, you may want to speak with a professional mental and behavioral health, health counselor. They may be able to give you tools and resources that allow you to take hold and allow for more productive thoughts. So as we wrap up, take stock of the role of habit, particularly neuromuscular habit. When we engage in positive or negative self-talk, we lay the foundation for, for neuromuscular habits. These are habitual thought patterns. The cool thing is, and despite the difficulty and challenges, we get to choose how we go about doing this. We ultimately need to cut a new neurochemical groove, and this takes time, and this is extraordinarily difficult. But if we can do that incrementally better, moment to moment, day to day, will ultimately change the way we talk to ourselves. And if you want better for yourself, change the conversation that you're having with yourself. And as always, it's food for thought, fellow questers. Please consider passing this episode on to a friend. Consider writing a review. Certainly appreciate it. You can contact the show at thequestforlife.com, thequestnumber4life.com. And as always, thank you for joining the conversation.